so we're moving on and um I, you know, I, I, I'm very excited to be speaking to our next guest because I, I arrived back, I was away for a while and I arrived back and this book was sitting on my desk in my office. Um, and all I saw was bamboozled and, uh, uh, and there Melinda on the cover with her gorgeous dog, Joe. And, and so I started on this journey of reading and, Wow, I I really couldn't wait to chat um, to Melinda about this book because I think there's a lot of gems, and I think that I think that Melinda talks about a kind of a, a suffering and a kind of experience that we've all been through collectively um, over the last few years. But there've been so many insights that she's had simply because that's how her mind works, and because she writes it so well, and she's able to describe it so beautifully. Um, so it's a real pleasure to have her on the show. Melinda, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Can you hear us, Melinda? Are you with us? Yeah, I'm so sorry. What am I going to do if people try phone me? Because that's what just happened. Oh. Well, you know what? You'll just click a button and we'll understand yeah. there's a pause. Really, we under, you know, this is the, we talk about this. You, you, your book is titled Bamboozled in a Search of Joy in a World Gone Mad. From the mad world, we understand, you know, with this new digital way and um, yes. uh, way of interviewing people, that's how it goes. So Melinda, wow, bamboozled. Okay, so it started off with your best-selling book, your first memoir, Smacked. Then your second, Hooked. Your third, Crashed. And these were all in-depth looks at um, and discoveries of your world, your, your addiction, working through it, everything. And then there was quite a hiatus, quite a pause, right? And now the fourth memoir, Bamboozled. So just the name says a lot and the gap um, says a lot. Can you speak to that, Melinda? Oh, Nikki, it's lovely to, to, I'm actually at the house and the dog is lying next to me. So I wish oh. we were on video. Oh, um, I'd love you to take me around that house. I'm dying to oh, see it. Carry on. I, would, I would love to. I wish we were doing a video TV show. So, you know, I, in my author's letter, and I'm sure you've read it, I I was planning to, you know, I did a five-year kind of gap between all my memoirs. I mean, I don't know how many people write so many memoirs, but I always <laughs> seem to have something. And um, in 2017, I started seriously trying to write this book, and it wasn't called Bamboozled. It was called Connected. And it was going to be a beautiful book of connection, of amazing, you know, positivity. And then, ah. Uh, you know, I started working and I don't know if we want to speak. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. 101.9 Chai FM. This is the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination. I have the wonderful Melinda Ferguson on the show. Uh, we're talking about her fourth memoir. As she said, how many memoirs can one person write? Well, when you have such a life, right? And you have such a way of telling your story and sharing, then long may you continue with the memoirs. So this one, Bamboozled, In Search of Joy in a World Gone Mad. Melinda, just before the break, you said that actually you were going to title it Connected. Mm. Yes. So what and then 
<laughs> I know. Well, we got bamboozled. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, the thing is bamboozled is also a word that means mystified. So we often think that bamboozled is just deceived or tricked. But when the magician does the show, you know, he bamboozles the audience. And so I love the idea that bamboozle could also mean magic, mystery, mystification, as well as being deceived or confused. And I must say during lockdown um, in 2020, uh, I had a very hard time initially, well, actually the whole way through. But when they said it was gonna only be three weeks, I knew they were not telling the truth. So it became a very difficult uh, time, I think for every single person on this planet. People were losing people, people were panicking, people were losing money, people had businesses shut down. And I remember just sitting watching like the World Cup of Corona, you know, because all we ever did was get stats of how many people were dead, how many people were infected, the times of curfew kept changing. And I started feeling very bamboozled as a human being. So it felt that during this time where we were kind of locked down, it would be a great opportunity for me to pick up on the writing again. And what happened was that I got totally obsessed in the writing. I think it was a way to almost cope with the world that I felt that was crumbling around us. Hmm. And so, so interesting because in the book, the way you describe COVID and the experiences, it was a reminder. And I thought to myself, how could I have forgotten so much like it was really it was pretty traumatic on many levels and we were all in it together um mm. but i've kind of moved on and i don't know how many people listening feel the same way but certainly reading your book and i don't mean going back like oh rehashing but more from mm. observing almost being the observer of the car crash right mm. it's like it was a car crash and you've given us this, the opportunity to observe it and see what what happened how it played out almost in slow motion Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Well, welcome back. You know, Melinda, I don't know how far the audience, you know, what they heard, but certainly you were talking about bamboozled, meaning it could mean de deceived or confused, but it could mean magical as well. I've got a feeling something magical happened, but we're back. Um, and I was saying that um, in the book, what I loved about the book, when, when you wrote about COVID, it was actually, uh, as I read it, I thought, oh my goodness, I forgot about that. And mm -hmm. it was such a crazy time. It was such a collective traumatic time. Mm -hmm. And yet reading it, I didn't feel like I was going back into it in any depressed, traumatic way, but rather as if I was watching the car crash that had happened and I was observing it and I was noticing what had transpired and almost standing at a distance, finding my way forward. Like that, that yes. was so interesting for me, Melinda. And I love what you're saying because that, I didn't want to write a book about COVID. And and listeners, it is a lot more than just about there's a there's a part there's a part something done. But I, I I have to say that I think that we as an as a world because it's a global thing, we really need to have healing from this time because it it took people on very dark journeys. Some people lost people, other people just were so terrified. We lost a lot of our security 
in what we believed was freedom, we suddenly had to question things like truth and freedom. Mm. And I just want to, I, I, I want this book, especially to be almost a healing from that time, because we can't really forget, you know, we can't forget and so easily try and move on if in ourselves and in our brains, we're still holding trauma. And I think, Nikki, that's what like every traumatic thing that happens to us as human beings is if we hold it, we try and box it, we put it away, it never really goes away and it comes back in different ways. So, I mean, I think people like have a lot of road rage at the moment. I think it's from COVID, like mm. from the time of this pandemic. I think people are trying so hard to try and move forward. But there is a need also to admit to ourselves that we've been hurt. Yeah, that's just so true. And that's, I mean, as you say in your title, in search of joy in a world gone mad, because I do look at the world and I do think it has gone mad. And I do think that things have changed. And I think that we are all called to transcend, as you say, the hurt, the trauma, the anger, the loss, the everything. And so we, you know, we often talk about it on this show, Melinda, is how do we do it? How do we transcend? And that's that's what I, you know, this book is so much, as Melinda said, it's so much more than just the COVID because it starts off when, as, as everything begins, Melinda, you've moved to this beautiful cabin that you've bought. It's your dream home. It's outside of Cape Town and there's a horrific murder that takes place and, and it starts there and, and we go back into your history and we find out about when you were a drug addict and we, you know, you, you allude to the, the books that you've, you've written. But for me, what stands out and I find, and, and I'm quite passionate about this is, is how important spirituality is in helping us heal. And that even science is supporting it more and more, Melinda. You know, scientists around the world are saying that when we have meaning, when we're aware of this transcendent awareness, we're able to deal with depression. We're able to deal with addiction. We're able to deal with a whole lot of things. And you yourself have experienced that. And I think that that's why this you hesitated for so long, if I may say, with this book, because you'd written about being addicted. And then you made a decision in 2015 to do something that many people would gasp at or think that was absolutely horrific and that is um take psilocybin which is you know magic mushrooms which is something that more and more people around the world and certainly psychologists and doctors are using to help people with post-traumatic stress with addiction and it changed you and it changed your life we don't have much time but can you speak to that melinda Oh, Nikki, that was what terrified me. And I think I got cut off when my, someone phoned me. But it was that thing of I'd been so public about my addiction in smacked, in hooked, in crashed. I was a heroin addict. I was a crack addict. And suddenly an opportunity came for me to address very deep-seated PTSD, anxiety, a lot of stuff that I'd just buried from all the trauma that I'd been through as an addict. And I got an opportunity to do a psilocybin guided journey. And I was so terrified, A, that maybe I would go mad, that I would go and go and use drugs again, or that more than anything, people would find out yes. and people would start discrediting me. People would start mocking me. I had such a big committee of the other in my head, which actually didn't exist because people have been so amazing about this stuff I'm writing about. Because as you say, we are in a very interesting time in mental health. 
psychedelics are being used across the world in a whole new way that are hel- that are helping people with addiction, depression, um, cancer, sort of terminal last years of life type of anxiety, you know, and, and so because I felt so scared of actually revealing the truth and because I always tell the truth, I took so long to actually write this book because I needed to be absolutely sure that I wasn't going to be hung, hung in the city, city square and stoned. <laughs> you know, I was worried about that. Mm, I hear that. I mean, absolutely. But, but you did it. And I think you've expressed it so well. And I'll tell you why I, I, I find it fascinating. I do a lot of research into it because I think the numbers are extraordinary and because of the difficulties that people are going through. And what I loved is that you, as this magnificent writer, were able to describe your journey. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I get to experience it through the world and through the eyes and the words of Melinda, which I yeah. which I loved. Did you did you realize and we just don't have that much time, Melinda, but did you realize that describing something like that is it's quite important? I don't know. You, you, you're allowing it is people important. into your mind without a preconceived idea of what it is. Yeah. And I think I take people because I take myself on a spiritual journey with this. And that is also it's it's a place. This book is a very vulnerable book. It is about looking for spirit and for looking for joy and looking for the things that as human beings we are are longing for. And for that, I had to make myself incredibly in a way humble and 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 open to, to relay the experience that I'd been on. And, and of course, it's just my experience. And some people might never want to do any of this kind of stuff in their lives. But the fact that I could change my mind and start healing on a deep, deep level in these very monitored five-hour journeys where you take five grams of psilocybin and then you let your ego go to sleep and you allow the the real truth about who we really are, who I really am, the denials, the, the, the lies I tell myself, the, the problems I create in my life, the problems that I've created for other people, all of these things, one gets almost revealed, well, you do get revealed, and then you are able to start becoming really inspired to start making proper transformatory changes. Hmm. And you were so concerned about addiction, about becoming addicted to the psilocybin, anything at all? Ah, you know, one of the the amazing things is that I know what a drug is. And I know that when one uses drugs, you want more. When you're an addict, you have a, a hit of crack, you want more. A hit of heroin, you want more. Alcohol, you want more. There was absolutely nothing in my soul, in my body, in my mind that wanted more after the the journey that I did on the first night. It was the most magnificent feeling of fullness, a fullness that I had never experienced in my spirit ever. It had a sense of everything is just as it is and everything is fine. And there was no craving, no hangover. You know, I've done maybe two journeys a year subsequently. So I do it very specifically around New Year and around my actual sobriety birthday. So I make those my la- my kind of goalposts to do some mental hygiene on myself, some mm-hmm. spiritual hygiene, because I like to think of psilocybin as a, as a type of a hygiene 
that one you know goes to the doc the doctor and, and and gets a checkup well this is like checking in with yourself you know and so it's been incredible to see something that has been misconstrued as a drug to actually be this medicine and and i'm very very happy that i've i'm on this journey uh it's a very personal one i i don't feel like i've lost my sobriety at all in fact i've only gained recovery and yeah i mean nikki it's been wonderful I mean, you describe it in the book and you talk about some of the different journeys, the one being you having to face the people that you've hurt um, through all your experiences. And so Um, the journeys have been beautiful and some have been quite painful. Dark. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that it's not some ecstasy type of trip where you just have this great time and you laugh and you come out and you go, wow, I've just some of the stuff that I've been, ha- I've had to face was all the people in one journey lined up. My mother, my two little boys, my family, my brother, my sister, all the people that my addiction had damaged. I had an opportunity to make deep spiritual amends with these people. And that was what my soul was screaming for. Because often in real life, one doesn't get the forgiveness from the person that you would like to be forgiven by. Sometimes it so happens that someone might be just too angry to be able to access that part of themselves that is able to forgive. So for me, it's given me like a lot of peace and a lot of tears. I mean, I cried. I write about how I cried like buckets of tears. And I don't think I'd ever, ever realized how much sadness I had in my heart. But the sadness was lifted because once you are allowing yourself to feel the sadness, as human beings, we have this amazing ability to then transcend and become joyful after the sadness. So true, Melinda. And I think that your book explains that so well. I think that our life, the world, what's happened to us, we're being called to transcend it. Mm-hmm. And if we want that joy and that happiness, we've got we've got to see that the external, wow, it's so transient and it can be so painful. Um, but there is a way, and I and I just more and more I'm starting to see, you know, this transcendent awareness connecting to whatever spirituality is is the way so thank you for your book bamboozled it is so beautiful it is what glorious stories what magnificent insights I I grew tremendously from your book so thank you Melinda and I strongly suggest what what a journey bamboozled um, in search of joy in a world gone mad thank you thank you Melinda it's been wonderful so much love to you thank you Wow. Well, thanks. And thank you. Thank you for tuning in. You know, it's just for me, really, this whole experience and spending time with people that I love and communicating and talking about what's happening in the world. Yeah, we've just got to, we've got to, yeah, transcend, find it within ourselves and and connect with those that we love. Listen, I hope you've enjoyed the show. I've so enjoyed being with you, as I always do. From me, Nikki Severini, until next week, you take care. Goodbye.